All right. Wow. What a presence of the Lord is in this room. Thank you, Jesus. I want you um, to grab your Bibles. We're going to go through uh, several texts tonight. I'm, I'm just so thrilled about what the Lord is doing, what he did Sunday night. I watched a lady who was blind. Her eyes began to see. I don't know if you saw that and watching it online or if you were here. Um, boy, it just, I remember I'm standing four feet in front of the pool and she said to her husband that she, she's never seen his face before. It says, I can see your face. I can see your face. Uh, still ongoing, developing, getting better and better. So please pray for that. A lot of miracles are instantly, are instant, and some are ongoing as a process. Remember, Jesus prayed for a fellow, and, and he said, I don't have sight completely. I see men walking like trees. And then Jesus continued to minister to him. That's what we're going to do. That was the group from South Carolina. Was that not strong on Sunday night? My goodness. Um, last night, Karen and I, Monday and Tuesday night, were in North City, Illinois. Had a great time. Karen ministered last night, so it'll be my last time going there, I'm sure. That's the way it seems to happen. But I'm okay with that. Um, I have such joy in my heart right now. I, I've, I'm just at a place with the Lord right now that of just freshness and, and beauty. I'm so grateful uh, for letting him, uh, for allowing me to come through a season of, of just, um, as Jerry, I think you said, a pruning and uh, of putting his finger on things in my heart. So. I feel good. I, I, I want to enjoy this this time of freedom, <laughs> because I know I know the pruning season is coming soon again. Right? All right. Praise God. Amen. Right there. Uh, let me just wait before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just close our eyes. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. You're beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, I want you to go to the book of Luke, if you will, and turn to Luke chapter 4. Sunday, I started that uh, a few messages I'm going to preach on the doctrines of demons. Um, not to promote them, but to highlight them so that we are aware that there are times in the Christian world that um, we have to be aware and concerned about particular things that are being taught and shared and embraced by the body of Christ at large. First Timothy chapter four talks about how uh, Paul was warning Timothy to be aware of the doctrine of demons. There's, there's certain things that are out there that Developed because of lack of understanding of the truth of God's word, the teaching, the, the, the depth, um, correct uh, contextual understanding of the word. There are things that can be developed based upon one phrase of the word of God um, that 
will not be able to stand the whole test of Scripture, but that one phrase, you know, is preaches good, sounds good. It's got to be looked at in the whole context of the Bible, right? So one of those doctrines of the devil that I've been uh, talking about, and most recently on Sunday, and that is, is church necessary? Is church necessary? Uh, floating around the body of Christ is a, a mindset that being engaged in a church, being involved in a church, uh, is really not that important nor necessary because our membership is in the universal body of God, okay, the universal, universal church. So we think that the universal church is all that we need, okay? Is, is that, have you uh, bumped into that, anybody in the house? I mean, have you put, kind of bumped into that mindset that you, 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 you talk to people and they go, well, I used to go to church. And, you know, and I'm not going anymore because of whatever reason, plethora of reasons, right? Hypocrites in the house, right? Been hurt by church, uh, disappointed in leadership. Um, and then they'll say things like this, the church is not the building, okay? It's not a building. There is truth to that. I mean, the, the, the church is not brick and mortar that we have here, structure, steel, things of that nature. But, uh, but what they're basically saying is they're trying to justify that I am a free, independent spirit, and I don't need connection of a organized group of people. My stability and foundation is on Jesus, the solid rock, which is true, and I don't need to be in a collective. I don't need to be in a tribe. I'm a part of his church, the big church. I don't need to be associated, and nor do I feel I need to be committed to a local body to be Christian. I've just said a lot, and that is a lot to unpack. But I believe that the spirit of the New Testament teaches. It was never implied in the New Testament that you and I should do life outside of a collective or a tribe or a group. Okay. It was never the intention of Jesus for us to be a, a maverick or a rogue spirit or an independent spirit that says, I'm saved, I'm a part of the church, therefore, it's not necessary for me to be a part of a local body. Okay, now, this is, this, this is very thick, um, muddy territory I'm walking in, okay? I'm going where a lot of pastors don't go. Because we lost this fight. Pastors, you know, even have said, you don't have to come to church, just make sure that you're saved. Can you, you know, just think, and, and people go, you know, the church is not that important. You can do church at home, or you can do church with your family. And you can, relatively speaking, right? But, this entire New Testament, from Matthew to Revelation, does not even hint at the possibility and even give us the slightest suggestion 
that a local church is not a part of the plan of God. The local New Testament church, brick mortar, organized, mechanized, as I said Sunday morning, was birthed in the heart of God, not by the will of man. It wasn't man that said, let's gather a group of people together. And let's try to control this thing. No. Ever since the beginning of time, especially with the people of God, God always segregated them into groups. There are what we call the what tribes of Israel, 12 tribes. And those tribes meant something. They were groups of individuals that God said, this is your group. And I'm going to assign, if you will, a purpose for every group. Do you hear what I'm saying? Even how he divided Israel was group form. Tribes of Israel. Luke chapter 4, I'm going to talk to you in this one, one, one scripture than others about the heart of God when it comes to, now listen to the language, brick and mortar, organize, mechanize, structure, systematic churches. I'm going to help prove to you that there are multiple, multiple references that New Testament local churches are an expression of the heart of God and not the will of man. Luke chapter 4. You there? Say, I'm there. Luke chapter 4, Jesus, our Savior, says in verse 16, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom, where did he go? The synagogue would be what we would call the local church. They were in every city. As Karen and I traveled to Israel, we would go to this city, that city, that city, and they would say, Here, here's where this synagogue was, or we're in Capernaum, and this is where Jesus taught here. They assumed that Jesus walked into this over here in that particular area. Just understand, if church was not a big deal to the people of God and to Jesus himself, he would have dismissed this as an unnecessary use of time. He would have just simply said, if I want my future followers to discard church attendance, I would set the example that church attendance is not that important, therefore I'm not going to go, I'm just going to withdraw from it. But the Bible says, as his custom was, he went into where? On what day? On the Sabbath. I'm not here to talk about the Sabbath, but there, it was a designated time that the people in that city came together to worship God, to read Torah, and to have communion, if you will, or community. Right? Talk to me. So this is the example that Jesus set. At no place and at no point in 
Acts, or excuse me, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, does Jesus ever discourage anyone from going to the house of God? Not at any point. And if anybody's been hurt by church, it was him. There were multiple times, do a study of when Jesus went to church. I mean, I challenge you, you'll love it. Every time that Jesus went to church, he stirred something up. And there were times that they escorted him out of the church and took up stones to kill him. And yet, what did you find him doing the next time? It was his custom to go to where? A building, a brick and mortar structure that wasn't perfect, that was extremely religious, filled with hypocrites, Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus continuously went back to the synagogue because this is what God set up. He said, my people need a place, not the living room, not... not not the couch, not with your family alone, but with a conglomeration of families, community, and tribe. Our example is not this new movement of isolation, segregation, I don't like them. I don't agree with them. I don't approve of them. It's too long. They ask too much. I'm too busy. I'm exhausted. I don't need church. I can feed myself. I can feed my own family. I can watch online. I can listen to a podcast. All of that is never the intent of Father God when it comes Together. It is not a replacement of the gathering of together. All those things are wonderful. All those things are great. Be the pastor of your home. But every one of us must, now listen to this strongly, must be connected to a local church. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm not, that, that may be one thing that you, you and I may agree on. I'm not talking about just church, but I am connected to a tribe. These are my people. These, all, all, their, all their warts, all their moles, all their... So good! These are my people. Yeah. As his custom was. Close the book. Right there. As his custom was. The synagogue. The place of worship. Where God designated. This is the place I'm going to meet my people. All right. Okay. Now. Jesus said this. At another occasion. I talked about it Sunday. And he just assumed that church would be a part of everybody's life, right? He just assumed. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, 
Take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two to three witnesses, every word shall be established. But if he refuses to hear them, now watch this. He says, tell it to the church. Now, these are the words of Jesus. If there's an alt between you and someone, work it out together. If you can't work it out and there, there, there's an impasse, then you, you, you gather two or three people and you say, hey, we need to work through this item. We've got some problems and disagreements. There's a business deal that's gone wrong, gone rogue. And, and, and instead of us going to the court system, let's, let's, let's use the best means possible. Let's, let's bring some people around us that are open-minded, that can hear, that love us both, and let's talk about this. And then they can reason, say, okay, brother, we, we know each other. We are in relationship with one another, and I love you, and I love you. But what I'm hearing, if these are all the facts, and I've heard from both sides, here's the remedy. In fact, your Bible even teaches in the New Testament, in the, in the epistles, that, that we really don't need to have to go to the judicial system because we take our matters in front of the world, the unbelieving world. The Apostle Paul says, is there not just one man wise among you that can sit down and take a simple disagreement? Maybe somebody's not paying a bill that they need to pay. Maybe someone's not paying rent that they need to pay. Instead of taking them to the pro to court and, and having all the legal fees, uh, come to the house of the Lord. And Is there not just one individual that's wise enough to say, here's how we're going to handle this? That's rich. That's rich. That is rich. But anyway, Jesus said, if you're somebody that's offended, you're right here. He says, take it to the church. Now, he doesn't, he, he says the church, not the universal church. Right? Well, how am I going to do that? If there's nobody that I'm connected to, if there's no structure, if there's no organization, if there's no people, who am I going to pick out? His idea was, there's going to be in communities, bodies, churches, organized, structure. And if you have a problem, take it to the church. But if he refuses, now watch this, even to hear the church, let him be like to you, be to you like a heathen. Jesus even said in Revelation chapter 1, turn there if you can. Everybody all right so far? Now, I, I'm, I'm not on the war path on any reason. I'm not doing this to, because I don't think you attend church well. You're here. On a, if you come on Wednesday night, you're pretty connected. Okay, so, so don't, don't take offense to anything that I'm saying that, well, dear Lord, I wasn't here Sunday. He's mad at me. No, 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 no. That's not it. I'm just telling you the spirit of the age, right? I'm, not, I'm dealing with the doctrine of devils right here. I'm dealing with the doctrine of devils. I can just do it at home. I don't need them. Right? Revelation 1. Jesus, again, here's the third time. Revelation 1, 10 through 11. John the Revelator is speaking. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write it in a book and send it to where? 
Send it where? Look at the text up here on the screen. What you see, write it in the book and send it to what? Not the universal church that we all want to be a part of and have no, no connection to the local church. Jesus is saying there are seven cities right here that have had a move of God. And the first thing that they did when they had a move of God was establish a church. Watch my language. An organized, structured, systematic church. And if you'll look at Revelation, he names them that are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, you, you see them all right there. And he highlights in many of them their organizational structure. He, he pats them on the back by the way they minister in a systematic way to people. And then he says to one, but I do have something against you. Your church, you've lost your first love. He says, buy of me gold. He said, listen, he says, y'all are so rich and you have given yourself over to money. But he says, you're poor. So buy from me gold. So he's dealing with the nitty gritty in every one of these churches. You go and do a little study of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Of the seven churches that he sent a personal letter to, he highlights their problems and he affirms they're good. At no point did he say, this is a total mess. Let's just stay home. And I'll send to all of you an individual angel to minister to you. No, he said in Revelation chapter 2, turn there, flip in the, 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 the text right there. Let me get there right quick. Revelation chapter 2. Are you with me? He writes to, look at verse 1, to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Now, this is not a, a uh, angelic being that he's talking about. Angelion is the, is the Greek word which literally means messenger. And what he's doing, he's, he's, he's talking to this, you can write the word pastor by the word angel. To the pastor of the church of Ephesus, I'm going to write to you. These things who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Go to the next verse, if you will, Jay, thank you. I know your works, your labor, your patience. Now listen, I know your works. He's talking to the church. I know that you feed the homeless. I know that you street evangelize. I know that you baptize on Sunday night. I know that you give to missions. I know that you take care of those that are down and out. Just insert to the church at Dawsonville. I know your works, your labor, your patience. Sounds like organization, right? And then you cannot bear those who are evil. There's righteousness being taught. 
And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them. It must be a Bible training center there. I'm not sure. Verse 3. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse 4. Nevertheless. Who's he writing to? He's not writing to you. That's not written to me. I, I glean from it. I apply it. But he was writing to a specific brick and mortar church. A particular church. Now, the same thing when he wrote to the church at Ephesus. He was writing to a church, but I glean from it. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is written to me, but not directly written to me because it was written back in that day for a specific, systematic, organized church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus, all the book is written to me, but not written to me. All right. But again, this is Jesus. Everybody okay? Why would the Lord give pastors to the body if, everybody, if he wanted everybody to stay home? Now this, this, let me switch gears. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul's entire earthly ministry was geared towards strengthening the local church. Planting and strengthening. Planting churches and strengthening. Never did he go to a city and say, y'all stay home. Never did he go, let me, let me build some independent maverick spirits where we're all scattered and there's no responsibility and accountability and discipleship. Everybody's doing it on their own. He went to particular cities, regions, and planted churches. Churches. Am I, tell, am, am I doing okay, Dr. Karen? The Apostle Paul devoted his life, and listen to this, this is important. Not to promote a pioneering spirit of individualism, but one of community. In America, there's this pioneering spirit of individualism. I don't need you. I got everything I need right here. I need to be encouraged. I'll find my, 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 uh, my favorite inspirational leader. If I don't like what Pastor Todd says, well, I can go and find somebody else that I like. I get offended when I go to a particular church, and so I'm just not going to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. Look at Ephesians 4. Are we doing okay? Oh my goodness, I've, I've got to finish. I've got to finish. I've got to go. Can I pick this up next week? Two? Okay, all right. All right, all right. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll give this to you, then, then, then we'll close. Okay, now watch this, Ephesians 4. Here, here, he's writing, in fact, Karen, who's he writing to? Ephesians. The church at Ephesus. 
He's writing to the church at Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, the believers in Ephesus that have gathered together in this particular church. Verse 1, Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with longsuffering, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit. Just as we were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You got it? Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, he says he gave gifts to men. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what? The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the what? Body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith. To a perfect man. My Lord. Then he says, to the measure, stature, fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may we grow up in all things to him who is the head, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by where every joint, watch this, supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. First Corinthians 16, just to the left. Now concern, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to what? Pull that up, verse 1, J, 1 Corinthians 16. Look at it. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to what? To what? Churches. Mechanized, systematic, organized groups of people in particular communities that meet together. I have given orders to the churches. Where? Of Galatia. In other words, there's more than one. How many churches are in Dawsonville? There's a lot. So I'd like the Apostle Paul saying, I've sent out an email. To all the pastors of the churches of Dawsonville. About a collection that I'm going to receive for a particular mission organization. Verse 2. So that on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may be no collections when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. Now, I could go on and on and on. But Paul said, I'm going to come and visit all the churches. Amen. I'm not coming to your house. Yes. Oh, that's good. I am not coming to your house. 
I'm coming, I'm going to meet you in the church. Now, let me tell you something right here. I'm going to go really Star Trek on you. I'm going to go where no preacher's gone before. Some of us are offended, not y'all. People are offended at church and feel that they can fulfill their calling and purpose in God by staying home and isolated. They can to a degree. But God never intended for us to pull away from his imperfect body. You cannot find it of all the problems in the New Testament with the church issues, gossiping, prostitutes in the lobby of some churches. Corinth. That's what he's talking about. Having a communion and people coming and eating communion as if it's their supper. Taking communion, communion in an unworthy fashion. I can go, the list of problems in the churches back then would make us blush. And at no point, no point, at any point in the writings does he ever hint you know what? We're such a mess. It's okay for you to take your family home and just do a little Bible study with your children. It is diametrically opposed to the spirit and intent of the heart of God because he died for the local church as imperfect and tarnished as it is. All right. Everybody all right? Now I'm just here, right here. I'm just giving you this right there. That's all I'm giving you. Okay? All right, we'll pick up next week. I hope you'll be back. I do. <laughs> but this is a doctrine of devils. I can just do it by myself. You can. You can live without church. But you'll never fulfill the fullness of the purpose. The fullness. Of, you, you, you need Pastor Marty in your life. I need you in my life. I need, I need you. You need, you need each other, right? Okay, stand to your feet. I want to bless you. Thank you guys for being so patient tonight. I leave in the morning for uh, Illinois. Karen, I came back from Illinois this morning. And now I'm going back to another city, and I need you to pray uh, for, for that meeting. It's going to be very strong. Um, all good? Anything else I'm leaving out? Pastor Sherry, anything I can think of? We must pray over these. Have we prayed for these? We have? Okay. People have been praying. Over 50 of these. Um, individual, I mean, just 50 Packets, there's probably 75 to 100 rags total, maybe. Some of them have two and three, four. But there's 54, I think, different emails or, or washcloths we're sending. And we charge no one for this. So this is, what's the average, Pastor Sherry, would you say, mail? A few dollars? Five to six dollars a piece. Five to six. Overseas, it's much more. 
So thank you for giving, as Karen said. Pastor, Lord, we love you. We bless you. Help me, Lord, as I guide our church to understand so that we can recognize things that are not right. So we can help people. We can help people. Thank you, Lord. Mm, we love you. Thank you for dying for this church. As imperfect as it is. Thank you for establishing it in the city. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I hope you're pleased. I hope you're pleased. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. See y'all uh, on Saturday night at prayer at 6 o'clock. Thank you.